Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The Bible says, but now when Timotheus came from you unto us, so Timothy, he returns with good tidings, right? And brought us good tidings of your faith and charity. It's nice to know they haven't forgotten about Paul, huh? And that ye have good remembrance of us always, greatly desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Now you think about it for a minute. If you're alone in a city, you just think about this. No, no wife, no no friends, no fellowship, uh, a city overridden with idolatry and all that the wickedness that is taken over where he's at. And then you think about you go out at night, all the, all the wickedness is, that's around. You can't find any light for God. It's one false God after another, one false device after another. And not one shining light for Christ. How would you do? Would you last a day? Would you last a week? Would you last a month? Could you do it for a year? At what point do you say, this ain't for me? That's a, that's a lonely road. God wants us to fellowship and gather together. There's a reason for that. The Christian life can be a lonely life. But. John 3:19 says and this is the condemnation that light came that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Look, there's darkness all around. Some somebody's got to go and shine the light. <laughs> we learned in Sunday school hour, you know, they went fishing and they toiled all night. They labored all night. It's dark at night. <laughs> And Jesus is the light. And he brings that light of the world into that darkness and into this dark world. So we have to shine the light, but it never says it ain't a lonely road. You knock on the door, it's rejection. You talk to somebody else, it's rejection. You try to give light and you try to give truth. And it's just like, man, I bet you Paul really appreciated the good tidings hearing about Others, the Thessalonians doing real good, going for it. That's a blessing. It's a real good blessing. Um, First Thessalonians chapter three, verse number seven. Let's move. It says, move on. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. Word gets back to Paul. And in all the trials Paul's going through and all the affliction, all the distress, all that stuff he's going through. He's happy when he hears that report. It brings joy to his heart. You living a holy life is a comfort to those brothers and sisters that are suffering affliction. Your faithfulness to Christ is a comfort to those that have burdens. 
another reason why we should gather together and we can it's so hard because on one on one side of the coin it's it's almost like you think people are just finding they they can't get along with anybody there's that problem no church is good enough it's just me and my family and and we're spiritual before god and we do home church and and then on the other side, you have, it's just, oh, we don't really care about anything. Just come on and come on. It's just like you, you, you feel sometimes like you just can't win. And I don't know what the answer is, quite honestly. I don't. And it, it, it seems to me that the Bible and Christianity in today's culture, everybody knows everything that they think they know, yet they can't get along with anybody. And then there's the crowd that they don't know anything about nothing. They're so Bible illiterate that there's got to be some comfort. And Paul, all that he's going through, the loneliness, it's comforting to him. You know, we gather together. If I have a burden, I'm comforted by your faithfulness. If I'm going through a trial or I'm suffering or I've got some affliction, I'm comforted by your holy living. The same thing works amongst each other and works amongst all of us. And this is important to know because that's why we get together. And that's how we can grow as Christians. Let's face it. When I'm distressed, but I find out you're still faithful to public ministry. That's a comfort. When I'm distressed and I find out you're still faithful to praying and praying fervently. I find out you're still living right outside of the four walls of the church house. That's a huge comfort for me. It's a huge comfort for any preacher of the word. To know that the folks gathering at that local assembly are living it. You're going to go through something. We want to be a comfort to you. I'm going to go to, through something. I want you to be a comfort to me. Well, what is it? I don't know. They just come. These things come in life and they go in life. We need to be able to comfort one another. It's a big theme through Thessalonians, the word comfort, comfort. Look at verse number eight, first Thessalonians chapter three, verse number eight. For now we live. If you stand fast in the Lord. This is why the response that comes back is, for now we live. You got to kind of put behind you yesterday, last week, last month. Let's deal in the now. Learn from the past, plan for the future, but good night. Let's live in the present. Let's live in the now. What are we going to do now? All that Paul's been through, all of it. He says, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Man, this is living. This is the good life. How in the world can that be the good life? Suffering and trials and affliction and rejection. They're acting like Christians back in Thessalonica. They're living like Christians. He feels, man, my labor wasn't a waste. Praise the Lord. My labor wasn't a waste. Now, Sunday school hours brought out, you know, you 
God calls men to different things, calls women to different things, and not everybody's called to do the same thing. You better be in tune to God. <laughs> uh, don't do something that God called somebody else to do, and, and you know all that. And that that's some good truth. We need to be careful and to live in the now. You know, people want to serve God. It's a man. You, we, we learn they're they're fishing, right? And they're toiling all night. They're laboring all night. That's what we're looking for. Faithfulness. Talked about that. That was talked about this morning. Faithfulness, right? Yes, yeah, people want to be missionaries. Man, I'm, I'm called by God. I'm going to go to Mongolia. Oh, okay. Well, you haven't done anything here for the last three years. <laughs> right? The guy that's called to Mongolia, great. You want to go to Mongolia, and all of a sudden, when you cross the equator, then you become faithful? I don't think so. Guy hasn't knocked on one door. The guy hasn't passed out one track. He hasn't engaged anybody on one-on-one -on -one witnessing. I'm just telling you. You might have got stirred up and pumped up about some sermon that you heard on YouTube or, or Facebook or sermon audio or right. <laughs> you might have read a book by Ravenhill or something like that. But you're, if you're not doing something now, if you're not living it now, don't expect to grow to Silicon Valley in California. And all of a sudden you're going to start witnessing to people. It ain't going to happen. We need to stand fast to the Lord now. I'm just telling you, that's why we're very, I mean, we're a small church. We have limited funds. We want to do what we can to missionaries. The missionaries we support, I, the one thing I want to know is, what are you doing now? Every preacher wants to know that. They come out, they visit, they come out and do public ministry with us. And I know these men, I've seen them for years, labor and toil and spend hours at nursing homes, spend hours doing public ministry, spend hours passing out tracts. It's real easy for me to say, oh, where are you going now? I'm getting behind that. Because they're doing it now. For now we live. Are we living now? We don't get spiritual when we move. We don't get spiritual when we change zip codes. Mm -hmm. A guy that ain't doing no door knocking, no track passing, no witnessing, no uh, nursing home, no jail ministry. No, it, the guy that's doing nothing and moves is still going to do nothing. We don't support moochinaries. We support missionaries. And, you know, the good ones will joke about that. They want you to know that, look, I am a minister of Christ. I am serving God. I am laboring. I am toiling. For now we live. If you stand fast in the Lord, it's good to know. It was good for Paul to know that his labor wasn't wasted. It's a blessing. This world wants to eat you alive. <laughs> wants to chew you up, spit you out. It's worse than an army drill sergeant. What the world wants to do. When you maintain an authentic daily walk with God, that's a comfort to your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's a comfort to the preacher. If you're like, man, it's worth it. 
no good Bible believing, Bible preaching teacher, at least that I know, is in it for the money. <laughs> none of them are on TBN. None of them get any airtime on the major networks. I mean, they're not in it for the money. I'll tell you what makes them really happy and joyful is that, man, people are living faithfully. They're standing fast. Philippians 4.1, why don't we turn there? Bible says in uh, chapter four of Philippians, verse number one, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for. That's nice. My joy and crown. That's nice. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. You see those key words there? Look at that. Brethren. Dearly beloved. Longed for. Joy, stand fast, dearly beloved. That's comforting. The comfort, the joy comes from me knowing you're standing fast in the Lord. You knowing I'm standing fast in the Lord. Us knowing each other. Usins, that's Southern, I heard, are standing fast in the Lord. I'm getting it. <laughs> I'm getting it. Isn't it? It's just a blessing. Verse number nine, first Thessalonians chapter three, verse number nine, the Bible says, for what thanks can we render to God again for you for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before God? How can I truly thank God? How can I express my gratitude and my thankfulness to God? And have that thankfulness and have that gratitude equal all the comfort and all the joy that I'm experiencing. You think about that. The joy that you have tends to equate the thankfulness and gratitude that you send up to God. Things are going well. You knock on five doors, five people get saved. Praise God, you know, God's in this. Ooh, hallelujah. You know, you can't wait to give the report. Well, Paul's in Athens. Ain't nobody getting saved. <laughs> Whole thing's overridden with idolatry. But when he hears the report back, folks in Thessalonica are faithful, holy, living their life holy, living as Christians. He's just overjoyed. Our thankfulness and our gratitude toward God I know it's easy when things go good and we get all the blessings and it, right. It's easy to just give thanks to God. But when we're going through the affliction, we're going through this stress. Oh, if we could be a Paul giving thanks to God. And he, he's comforted all the joy, even though all the stuff he's going through. Your good report. Comforts me. My good report comforts you. This really is the heart of a successful ministry where God's in it. Ministries aren't successful when they try to be culturally relevant. We don't survey a town and find out what all the felt needs are. We don't find out what Silicon Valley is doing and now get rainbow colors to try to be relevant. We're not concerned with being culturally relevant. We don't look at San Francisco and say, you know what? I'll change my wardrobe. I'll get a pair of uh, 
skinny skinny tights, and I'll get a pair of um, uh, you know, I'll get some hair gel to slick my hair back, and I'll get some earrings, and I'll. We're not trying to be culturally relevant. We want to be truthful. We want to be right. We believe that God's word can penetrate the culture. We believe the truth of the word of God can heal souls. We don't try to change culture. We accept what it is. We preach the word of God and we let the word of God change a man's heart change a woman's heart from within but our concern isn't about being culturally relevant most things in cultures not all things but most things in cultures just leave them alone shouldn't matter to us what somebody eats or drinks or how somebody talks if they have an accent or not have an accent if they say youans and usins rather than us and them it shouldn't matter all that it, 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 none of it matters what matters is when we try to change God's word in order to try to fit in with the culture, just get used to not fitting in and do your best to be respectful of all the culture. I probably told you this before, but we, we went to South Korea in 95 for martial art uh, week long uh, thing. And they had a lot of culture uh, and customs that I was not familiar with. What did we do? We went along with it. We took our shoes off before we went into the restaurant. If you go down to uh, down to the to the uh, crackle barrel, if you took your shoes off and walked in there, they'd say, "No shirt, no shoes, no service, sir." <laughs> well, they don't have those signs in Korea. <laughs> I mean, you put shirt on, but you didn't go in there wearing chairs. You just, you kneeled on a little pillow, and the table was low to the ground, kind of like these prayer benches, and the food was different. It's culture. You don't have to try to change that. You preach, you study, you witness, you suffer a lot, and you get little results. But a soul gets saved. Now that's living. That's the joy. That's all. That's where all the joy's at. A convert walks daily in the Lord, man. Whoo! That's living. That's where the joy's at. Faithfulness of church members, holy living of church members outside of the four walls. They don't think that, well, I'm just going to get my little B12 shot of Jesus at, from 11 to 12 on Sunday. And then I'm just going to go and live and do what I want to do. And, you know, I'm telling you, outside of the four walls of the church house, holy living, right living, faithfulness living. Man, that's living. That's where all the joy's at. And that's what we got to get our mind wrapped around. Last verse, 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. Night and day, praying exceedingly, we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. That's better than, well, boy, I just can't wait till the sermon's done. Oh, boy, I can't wait till we can get to the golden corral. <laughs> is there anything that we do as Americans? I don't mean we here. I'm not talking about anybody here. We as Americans do night and day besides check our cell phone besides check our feed i mean they're praying night and day it's not ordinary prayer it's exceedingly that means a great degree of prayer uh it means beyond what is normal 
It means, I guess it's one of the catchphrases that Trump has said, besides the word win. He probably said the word win like a million times. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. Exceedingly is a lot. A lot. They prayed a lot. Now, the modern versions, just to point this out to you, the NIV, the ESV, they say night and day we pray most earnestly. It doesn't fit the context. It's a small minor change, and certainly we should be earnest. But earnest is a real desire. This idea of praying night and day exceedingly fits it perfect. It fits night and day and exceedingly fits, fits perfect because they're doing it a lot. We need to pray a lot. What's better, quality or quantity? Yep. <laughs> yep. <and laughs> Both of them. Should I pray with quality or should I pray with quantity? You just tell the person, we'll just pick one. What one do you think is more important? Okay, we'll do that one. And then next week you follow up on them and you say, okay, great. Now that you got that down, now do the other one. <laughs> we need to be doing both. Okay? We need to be doing both. Should I sit down? Should I stand up? Should I kneel down? Should I close my eyes? Well, it depends. What are you doing? I'm driving. Well, keep, sit down and keep your eyes open. Well, I'm at the table. Okay, well, maybe you won't, what, we're going to consider bowing your head and closing your eyes. Will that be magic? No, it won't be magic, but you can. I mean, it's not the posture. There's all types of postures we can take. It's doing it a lot. Calling out to God. And that's what they did. And we see now uh, a night and day praying exceedingly. That we might see your face and might perfect, watch this, this last thing I'm going to look at, that we might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. In the carpentry industry, there's a saying, and it goes like this, Brother Kelly probably knows this or has heard this or will be reminded of it. A little caulk, a little paint will make the carpenter what he ain't. <laughs> Hey, you get a scratch in the wall, you get a nail hole, you get a corner that's off. Well, what do you do? A little caulk, a little paint will make the carpenter what he ain't. You put some caulk on there, you put some paint, and now you've filled it. And so it is with prayer. A little bit of prayer will make a Christian what he ain't. A lot of prayer will you do even better. But these holes need to be filled. There's some repairing that needs to be done. Uh, there isn't this idea of a, of a loss of salvation, just to put that out there. But there is this idea of loss of comfort here on earth. We know we have true peace and true comfort because we've trusted the Lord as our Savior, our souls saved. We know that. But our position down here with our fellow man and our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and the stuff we go through down here, well, there's some loss of peace. There's some loss of comfort. There's some trial and some suffering. And so you praying for me helps like a caulk to fill in the holes and repair. That makes me feel good. It, prayer works. You can commune with God. We need to do a lot of it. Exceeding prayer. A lot of it. But we want to be together. We want to be perfected. We want to be built up. Repaired. Might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Is there something lacking in your faith? Is there something lacking in my faith? Let's pray. Let's pray for each other.
don't forget to pray. You go to bed when you wake up and you got something on your mind, pray for that person. Don't do it one time and be done and check, you know, the old, I checked the box thing exceedingly. All right, a couple of passages of scripture, we will finish up. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number one. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter number one. 1 Corinthians chapter number one. The Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. You can get a lot more done for the Lord if we're perfectly joined together. That's what God would have the body of Christ be. That joint looks perfect. Now, we've got some old stuff on the walls here, and you can see all the joints. Everybody see? Look around. You can see them all. It don't bother guys as much. Well, if you're in the carpentry industry, it would bother you. Ladies see those things. They, they, they like things looking pretty and nice. Uh, and that's a good thing, by the way. Um, when God, that's what God wants. He wants all the joints perfectly fitted together. So we don't see a crack there, 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 a crack there. And so think about that. Perfectly joined together. Some nice spackles, some nice caulk, some nice paint. It looks like it's a flat wall. But it's really seven pieces. That's pretty neat. Ephesians chapter four. Three more verses and we will be done. Ephesians chapter number four. The Bible says in verse number 12. Um, let's start at 11. And he gave some, not all. He gave some apostles and some, not all, prophets. And some, not all, evangelists. And some, not all, Pastors and teachers, by the way, group within the same common and semi-common. Verse 12, for what? The perfecting of the saints. We're working toward perfection, folks. We're trying to get more Christ-like, not more world-like. That's why they use the term worldly. Oh, well, you're worldly. We won't go down that rabbit hole, but I'm just saying we should strive to be more christ -like like uh, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry we can get more done with more people now we can get a lot done with just a few people but it's nice to have more it is it'd be a blessing to have that row somebody sitting there and that row somebody sitting there and that row somebody sitting there and that row somebody sitting there it'd be nice you can get more work done. You can knock on more doors. You can get more tracks out. You can find more things to argue about. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do more of. But look, we, we, we want the work of the ministry to go on. Why else? For the edifying of the body of Christ. It edifies us. It perfects us. It allows the work to go on. I honestly can't wait till Wednesday night. I'm excited about our midweek for Thanksgiving to God Day. I'm excited about that. See, aren't you happy there's a holiday that I celebrate that we're not beating up on? And you see, I'm not I'm not such a mean, a mean uh, 
mean preacher. I mean, we get to give thanks to God. That's that's good. That's that's real good. So I'm excited about hearing the men of the church. I really am. I think it's healthy for us to be able to do that. It edifies the body. It, it perfects the saints. It, it 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 allows the work of the ministry to go on. God forbid if something happened to me. I don't even want to think it or say it. But if I get coronavirus and I'm out for two weeks or four weeks or six weeks, what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. The men are going to preach the word. That's what's going to happen. I ain't that special. <laughs> Somebody get up and preach. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Because the word of God and the work of the ministry has to go on. And then the Bible says in the in the 16th verse, from whom the whole body, here it is again, fitly joined together. And compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working, in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body, unto the edifying of itself in love. Well, that's a mouthful. Let's just focus on one thing. Here it is. Fitly joined together and compacted. That's what we should be. And as we finish this message, we see at the end of verse number 10 in 1 Thessalonians, and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. And finally, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, but the God of all grace, that's who he is. You get saved by God's grace, by the way. That's how he saves, by grace. We put our faith in the merit or in the object of Jesus Christ. And then by his grace, he saves us. We don't do anything to earn it. Nothing that we merit or no other object that we place our faith in can merit us anything. Well, I gave up this. Oh, well, good for you. That's great. Okay. It's it's the diet. They want to go on spiritual diets. The new year is going to come around. Everybody's going to give up. I'm not going to eat as much. I'm going to go on a diet. And that ain't going to work. Then the summer's going to come along, and then they're going to want to go on another diet. This is spiritual dieting for Christians. Well, I gave up this sin, and I gave up that sin. Oh, well, great. I'm glad you're not a drunk anymore. Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Well, I'm, I'm kind of still thinking about that. Well, you better give some thought to that, because I'd love you to be sober. <laughs> it's great you're not cussing at me because you're a drunk man. It's great you're not throwing punches at me, but good night. Don't clean yourself up and then die and go to hell. That'd be a real sure waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather take a drunk man passed out on the side of the road and tell him about Jesus Christ, have him trust Christ as his savior. The Lord will start working that stuff out. Yeah. He will. I don't want liquor in my town. I don't want liquor in my house. I don't want liquor. I hate liquor, but I'm not preaching. Give up liquor. I'm preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. When that man gets saved, he drinks living water. He won't have a thirst for that devil's brew anymore. He'll have a thirst that'll never, ever leave him. You kids run around. And then the first thing you want to do when you get in the car is complain. I'm thirsty. And then dad says, well, you should have got a drink before we left. I'm thirsty. Well, you can get some water when we get home. I'm thirsty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad. 
You trust Christ, you'll never thirst again, spiritually. You can, you can lose your thirst down here, but with God, you can't lose your thirst, meaning you ain't going to lose your salvation. Not going to lose it. He quenches you. Never thirst again. Do Christians get confused? Sure they do. Do Christians backslide? Sure they do. Do Christians get confused and they flip-flop on what they believe, what they thought they believe? I can't work all that out. Neither will you when you talk to someone. Jesus Christ, he is the answer. So let's finish up. Uh, we got hung up here. First Peter 5, 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory. Eternal means forever. Okay. Eternal. Uh We'll save that for another message. But eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, ye have suffered a while. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle. You want comfort. You want perfection. You want establishment. You want strength. You want settlement. It's found in the person of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.